Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech and Future Tech Health podcast. I have as my guest, Danny Flood. He's the author of Hack Sleep, How to Fall Asleep Faster, Sleep Better, and Sleep Well. And he's a growth hacker himself, and uh, I'm talking to him from Thailand. So for me, it's late night. For him, it's noon. And, uh, you know, speaking of sleep, I may be going there soon, but we're going to talk about hacking it. So, Danny, how you doing? Hey, thanks so much for having me on your podcast. I appreciate it. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your background. What got you interested in um, improving your sleep and hacking your sleep? Uh, I guess most of the things that I'm interested in, things that I do, uh, that I offer, solutions that I offer to my clients and so forth, um, are problems that I struggle with myself. So um, I don't know how qualified I am to, you know, I'm not a doctor or anything, or uh, I don't have like an MBA or anything like that, you know, or a PhD or anything like that. But um, because I can understand the problems that people suffer from, and I went through my own catharsis where I went through my own, uh, went through the fire somewhat and came up to the other side where I was able to fix these problems for myself and help others to, who are having similar problems. And especially with sleep, that's one of the biggest problems that most people have these days. Well, what kind of uh, sleep problems were you having before you started working on them to improve them? Well, I, I wouldn't say that, like, you know, I'm 100% better now. I mean, I still have some of these issues, but... I know how to, to address them, you know, like if there's a certain uh, issue that I'm having, I know exactly what I need to do. Uh, but it's, it's quite common to a lot of people. In general, um, I don't know the exact, the exact uh, figure, but we sleep on average one hour less than we did 100 years ago. And one reason for that is due to electronic lighting. So, um, you know, 100 years ago, the world was dark. We used candles and torches. Um, but now we're sitting under bright lights, you know, it really throws off our circadian rhythm. Uh, we sit in dark offices, you know, some, some people like if they're in cold climates, like in the UK or something like that, um, you know, they don't even see the sunlight in the winter. They go to work and it's dark and they come home and there's, there's no sun, you know, and they, they sit on the lights. Um, and so of course they're, you know, restless. They, they can't uh, fall asleep because they're tricking their brain. Um, you know, so having a, a healthy functional body clock is very important. Um, but then there's also, you know, other issues because sleep is such a complex process on so many other levels that, um, you know, you might be waking up in the middle of the night and you're wide awake, either due to body temperature or other things like this, and you can't fall back asleep. So you only get, you know, maybe two hours of sleep a night or four hours of sleep a night, whatever it is, you're not getting enough and you want more of it. So there's a whole host of problems and, um, sleep is a very complex process that, you know, scientists are discovering more about all the time. So there's not really any one quick fix. So. Uh, I, I often advocate different kinds of hacks, which are specific tips that can help combat uh, different situations. Okay, so what are the most common situations you've identified that people need help with? And then, you know, let's give two or three examples, and then what is your hack to help people? Um, yeah, sure. So, I mean, anyone who's been in this situation, they know it all too well. You know, they maybe they spend hours in bed awake, unable to fall asleep, or they wake up in the middle of the night. Um, well, get out of bed in the, mo in the morning and you're feeling awful. You're like, I'm not ready to face my day. 
uh, you just want to break your alarm clock, you know, and you just don't have enough energy to do all the things that you enjoy in your life, in your daily life. You, you can't have a social life because, you know, you're just so exhausted by the end of the day. Uh, your work suffers, you know, because you don't have the attention and the energy and the focus and the drive because you, you slept so bad. So it's like you're living a double life. And every night it's like you're, you're waging war against this uh, insomnia, you know, and it's just like if I could just fix this one thing, you know, how much better would my life look? And so it's, it's anyone who's been through this, you know, struggle with this, they, it's basically sabotaging every area of your life if you have horrible sleep. So, you know, if these sleep disorders or these problems are all too familiar to you, then you can relate. Um, but in terms of, you know, like what, uh, those are specific problems, but, you know, like, um, for example, like, you know, I, I mentioned the, the body clock. So getting, you know, making sure that your body clock is in sync is really important. So, if you're sitting under, um, you know, bright lights in the evening, electronic lights, um, you know, I, I prefer to use candles or just, you know, use indirect lights, uh, which is well enough. Um, and I want to make sure that my, my body clock is really in sync. So uh, I try, you know, I go every morning, I go for a 15 minute walk in the sunlight, um, you know, around noon, I can get the most light. So I try to get uh, sunlight there. Uh, our brains are completely, you know, our brain cells communicate with light. So uh, light is really important. It also synchronizes your clock because uh, the body clock is longer than 24 hours. So it can be 24 and a half to 26 hours. Uh, don't quote me on that. That's a general figure. Um, so it needs to be synchronized every single day. Um, so, so light is big. You know, another one is caffeine. So what caffeine does is it blocks adenosine. So adenosine and adenosine triphosphate are two opposite things. So adenosine is what's called, uh, it's referred to as a sleep toxin in my book. And um, before we knew about why we sleep, it was hypothesized that um, there was a toxin that accumulates in our body during wakefulness while we're awake, and it puts us to sleep at night. So in 1907, a French researcher would walk these dogs through the streets of Paris and wouldn't let them fall asleep. And then he would extract their bodily fluid from their spine and inject it into healthy dogs to test the effect. And they could see the effect immediately. Uh, the healthy dogs slept longer and more deeply than usual because of this uh, hypnotoxin, as they called it. So it's, it's actually called adenosine. So adenosine is called, it's like the fatigue hormone. So adenosine accumulates during periods of intense activity, intense uh, periods of prolonged activity, where um, if you're taking, studying for a really difficult exam, you get tired. If you're doing, uh, exerting, ex exacting physical labor, uh, you accumulate adenosine more quickly. You burn through adenosine triphosphate quickly. So adenosine triphosphate is what gives energy to the cells. And you replenish adenosine triphosphate when you sleep. Um, so adenosine accumulates naturally during waking hours. However, periods of intense mental and physical activity speed up that process uh, because it correlates to the activity levels of the brain's neurons. Um, and then, you know, there's a whole bunch of other sleep hacks that I, I use on a, my own life and then I recommend to other people. Um, every day I eat pineapple, for example. So it's been proven that certain foods can naturally boost melatonin production. So... <laughs> Uh, pineapple is a big one. Bananas are another one. There's there's some others. Um, I'd have to look that up. I have to Google search on that. So let's say um, um, let's say I'm a I'm a, a night owl and I go to bed at like four in the morning and get up at noon and I want to change my hours and get up at you know go to bed at like midnight and get up at eight. What would you recommend for someone like that that wants to change their schedule? How could they do it? Yeah, sure. So when they test this, um, you know, when people have like night shifts, like nurses, for example. Um, what they, they did, they did an experiment where at work they would be exposed to really, really bright light that was like as bright as the sun. 
And when they're driving home, you know, during the daytime, the sun's already out by the time they go home, uh, they wear these really, really dark uh, sunglasses that kind of, you know, block uh, any light. And it was actually very effective. So they were actually able to reverse the body clock so that they were on the same time uh, as their counterparts who worked in the day shift. And it's been proven, you know, science has proven that people who normally work day shifts, they, they suffer from more adverse health conditions. You know, they have a greater risk of heart disease. Uh, they get less rest. Um, and it's because, you know, the, the body clock is not naturally, it, it naturally attunes itself to, to the sun, basically. Everything that exists in our solar system is because of the sun. You know, we, we here, we're able to survive on this planet because of the sun. Um, so that's how we've evolved. So, um, you know, that light exposure is a very, very important part of it. And um, so, as I said, also, uh, our body clock tends to be about 24 and a half to 26 and a half hours. So if you kept someone in a cave and had no exposure to light, um, they would follow a, a schedule of maybe 25 hours. So our body clock adjusts when light passes through cells in our eyes retina. And this relates itself to our hypothalamus in the brain. So whenever light you know, passes through our retina, it provides a cue to our brain that it's time to be awake. And then lack of light cues that it's time to be asleep. So if we're exposed to light uh, after sunset, then it actually blocks melatonin production. Melatonin is um, the hormone that begins uh, naturally inserting itself into our brains around 9 p.m. So if, if we um, you know, are sitting under bright lights, it's going to keep us awake. Okay. Um, what, what have you observed? This, um, you know, I've heard again from a lot of people that oh, melatonin peaks at this time, cortisol peaks at this time, etc. That seems to be assuming that you have a certain sleep schedule. You know, go to bed at like eleven o'clock and getting up at seven or ten and six. But again, what if your schedule is off? What if you go to bed super late or you work nights? Um, do those hormones peak at the same times, or do you uh, have any data on that? Yeah, sure. So um, that's generally how it works with a normally functioning circadian rhythm. So um, there's a book by, I can't remember his name, his last name's Heitman. It's a book called Sleep and Wakefulness, and it's a very exhaustive uh, study on what he calls the basic rest activity cycle. And it was basically his life's work. And he sought to, uh, the book is called Sleep and Wakefulness, and he sought to provide a sort of roadmap for our 24-hour biological day. Um, and he found that it occurs naturally in plants, animals, humans, um, and some of the circadian rhythm. So our bodies follow this internal cycle of expending and renewing energy through the production of hormones, and we now have a thorough understanding of this process. So your question is, if you throw this rhythm off, um, do these still happen at the same time? Well, um, I think that when our circadian rhythms are out of sync, I think it's because of a lot of the problems that we have. So I think that a big part of it is making sure that we um, are keeping our circadian rhythms relatively in sync. And now that's obviously not possible for every single person because every single person's brain is different, every single body is different. Um, however, we, we can make certain efforts um, to, to hopefully you know, make this happen normally because when it doesn't, um, we, we put ourselves at greater risk for uh, lots of bad things that we don't want to happen. You know, greater risk of disease, greater risk of uh, insomnia, obviously. Um, so I, I think it's really important. So I think it begins by knowing the, the circadian rhythm, understanding how this cycle works, because most people kind of spend their days out of control. You know, they have no idea that this is actually happening or, you know, this body, their body's going through this process 
But once I understand, once you understand exactly how our body clock functions, how our circadian rhythm functions, um, I can align my life around it. And it makes me more productive. It makes me more effective as an individual. I know when the best times are for me to focus on work, um, you know, when I'm most productive, when I'm most focused. I know when it's time that I should just take a nap, um, all these different things. So first, I think the first important thing is understanding and having this map to your body. For me, it's, it's really exciting. And um, if you understand how it works, then you can, you can alter it. You can manipulate it in certain ways. So what are some of the, um, what's the progression that you've gone through? Again, what issues did you have? What did you do to change them? And what's the net result? Do you feel better? Do you sleep better? You know, what kind of changes have you made? Yeah, sure. So when um, I've written, you know, maybe a dozen books by now, and um, I published my first book a few years ago. And um, the first, I published about four books that year uh, on basically mostly topics that I am super passionate about, or in this case, you know, something that I really wanted to figure out. So I spent, you know, a year researching this stuff, studying everything I could find, uh, reading anything I could find, and looking for specific tips, you know, that I could use that were practical. Um, because I was sick and tired of it, you know, like I, I'm tired of having a day wasted, you know, because I just can't, I can't seem to get in sync because I just didn't get enough rest, you know, it's the worst thing in the world. I want to live out my days. So as I said, you know, I was basically, um, you know, trying to be more productive. I was writing books and just being an entrepreneur, you know, you always want to perform at your best. And so um, for me, I just, you know, studied everything I could get hands on. I implemented everything I could. Uh, you know, I've researched and I see, okay, this study shows that, you know, eating pineapple will boost my melatonin level. Uh, so I'm in Thailand. It's really easy to get my hands on pineapple. And I did that and it was really helpful. You know, I stopped waking up at two in the morning. Um, you know, I could sleep deeply throughout the entire night. Um, I learned about, you know, experiments they did with like sleep restrictions. Um, and realized that, you know, I could sleep deeper just by spending fewer hours in bed. Um, learned, you know, a lot about the circadian rhythm. So, you know, anytime like I felt like I didn't get enough rest, um, I could somewhat mitigate the effects by getting a lot of sunlight and also making sure that I'm getting enough sunlight every single day. Uh, it also boosts my serotonin levels. Um, learning by adenosine, you know, so making sure that I'm, you know, following a healthy exercise regimen. Um, exercise also increases the body temperature. So when our body temperature increases, we tend to be more alert. We tend to be more awake. We're more in the zone. Um, so it's important to regulate our body temperature so that we are, our body temperature rises during the day and it falls at night. So by getting our body temperature rise in the daytime, it causes us to follow, uh, fall more at nighttime. Um, so I would do other things. You know, I would try anything that any advice that I could find. Um, for example, I started taking coconut oil for a while, and I thought that you know, because I read that coconut oil could increase the body temperature. So I, you know, my, my results were rather anecdotal, and um, you know, my, my based on my own experience. Um, but I did notice that when I was taking coconut oil, for example, I I felt like I was more alert. Um, I've also done experiments where, you know, I, I follow different sleep schedules, like usually biphasic now, but for a while I did, for four months, I was following a polyphasic sleep schedule because I was, you know, getting, I was falling asleep around midnight and waking up around 4, 4.30 a.m. So it wasn't just, an, I didn't have enough sleep to go through my day. So at certain intervals, like, um, you know, 11.30, 3.30, 7.30, I would take power naps. So I might, uh, you know, take a nap for like 25 minutes. And that was the most productive period of my life because, um, you know, I had more hours in my day, I could get a lot more done. Well, tell me about the polyphasic sleeping. So what was your sleeping schedule and what was it like when you first tried it? How long did it take you to adjust where you felt better? Okay, sure. So um, I think at that point in my time in my life, I was just so busy that I just had so many things to do. And 
it's just kind of a natural effect where um, you 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 keep your energy so high. You know, your 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 blood you're always pumping blood. You know, your your body temperature is always high. Um, in retrospect, I could have taken ice baths to cool myself down at night, which I should have done. Um, but I, w I was always on the go all the time, and as a result, I was sleeping a lot less at night. And so I was able to largely mitigate that effect by taking short naps. And if you're going to take naps, you know, it should be fewer, it should be less than 30 minutes, because after 30 minutes, you fall into a deeper uh, sleeping cycle, and then you have sleep inertia. So, you know, it's, it's harder to wake up from those usually. Um, so I would take these, you know, short naps at certain intervals of the day when um, I tend to be more fatigued. So um, I think the best time to take a nap is uh, around 3 p.m. because that's when your daily body temperature dips to its lowest point. Everyone's experiencing that fatigue after lunchtime where uh, they're just completely sluggish. So there's a number of you know polyphasic schedules out there and I've got a list of these. Um, I, I can send you a link so that people can check it out. I've got a whole write-up about my experiment with polyphasic sleep. Um, so okay, yeah, we can I'm provide that in the, in the show notes. But um, mm -hmm. again, for right now, for anecdotally, what did you try, and what did you feel like, and what did you settle into? Well, in general, I, I follow a biphasic uh, generally. So, biphasic sleep schedule is um, where you take a nap in the afternoon or you know in the evening, um, and then so that that helps me to maintain healthy energy levels throughout the day, uh, and also mitigate uh, effects if I didn't get enough sleep. Um, but during that time, it was the most productive period of my life. I was publishing books, I was publishing courses, blog posts, everything. And um, basically, I was, I was sitting between like four to five hours a night and um, taking like two or three naps a day of less than 30 minutes. But, wow, so you were taking two to three naps a day for less than 30 minutes and you were sleeping four to five hours a night and you felt better than doing one slab of eight hours of sleep? Yeah, I had more energy than any time in my life. Um, and, and you know, part of that was because I was just busy and, and I was always, you know, my I was always so active. My brain was always active. So when you're so busy like that, it's just sometimes hard to wind down. You know what I mean? I'm sure everyone can relate to that. Um, when you're like so excited, you know, like you, uh, or you had a great night, you know, you had a great night at the town, and you, were, you had so much fun. You were dancing all night. You made a bunch of friends. You had a great time, and then you can't quite calm your body down enough to sleep. You know, so you just kind of don't really sleep, and then you're in bed all day on a Sunday. Um, so it's kind of like that, you know. Um, so I got a quick yeah, question about. Um, I have a question about naps. That I've never seen an answer to. So, you know, if you're going to take a uh, thirty-minute nap, you don't know how long it'll take you to fall asleep. So, how do you include the onset time for the nap, but make sure that you only sleep for a certain amount of time, so you don't have sleep inertia? What solution did you find for that? Yeah, well, I mean, it's, I think if you want to improve the chances of being able to fall asleep. Uh, you have to be genuinely tired. You know, you can't just say, okay, it's 3 p.m., you know, now I'm going to fall asleep. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't always work that way. So um, if I'm, you know, genuinely tired, if I have a, a podcast like this where um, I'm expending a lot of energy and it tires me out, um, that will usually help me to fall asleep. Um, or, you know, if I have a client call or something like this or I'm working on something difficult, uh, the more difficult work I do during the day, the more tired I am at night because I'm accumulating insane faster. Um, with regards to that 30-minute window, um, it really depends. You know, sometimes I'll set a timer for 35 minutes, you know. Uh, but in general, if, if you have a power nap that's 20 minutes or, you know, 15 to 20 minutes, it's actually easier to wake up from those than if you sleep longer. Um, 
So, you know, having 10 minutes to fall asleep can be totally fine. If I wanted to try power napping, what would be your recommendation for me to start? Um, you know, if it, the goal is 20 minutes, give myself maybe 10 extra to do it. Do you think that would be enough for the onset? Or, you know, and, and what happens if uh, I lay there and I can't nap, it's not working, and I blow to 30 minutes and I'm like, man, I couldn't sleep. What happens then? Yeah. Yeah, well, I guess after uh, 10 or 15 minutes, you can kind of get an idea whether you're not going to be able to fall asleep or not. And in general, if, if you have, um, if you're not able to fall asleep, usually it's because of cortisol. So it means that you might have a lot of things running around your head, um, you know, that are placing pressure, whether it's, you know, your business or family or whatever it might be. So addressing those cortisol levels is equally important. Um, so that can be like, you know, finding ways to just uh, whether it's meditation or listening to relaxing music, um, you know, these things are really important. Uh, but then, of course, you know, you're not going to be able to fall asleep successfully uh, every time you nap. So um, just continue on with your day. You know, sometimes you just got to you just got to plow through it, even though you're not at 100 percent. And we all have those days, you know. So I try to uh, I try to arrange my schedule into different tiers, you know, so I have different types of work that I do. Um, so I'll have like, you know, tier one work, which is like my most intense work, whether I'm writing or having, you know, sales consultations, something like that. Uh, I'll have like level two work, which might be like editing photos or editing articles or something. And then level three work, which is this kind of like really basic level like kind of work. Um, so, you know, being able to categorize my work is important because I, I want to do my best work when I'm most awake and I want to do other stuff that I'm kind of obligated to do, um, you know, I had a save, a save at different times. So when I'm doing like polyphasic sleep, for example, um, I might reply to emails at the end of the, my night, you know, because that's when I have the less, least amount of energy. Um, but I know that like when I wake up, you know, like 10 a.m. Uh, after I have my coffee, I'm, I'm super wide awake. So I want to do my most important work at that time. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I see you want to structure your day, right, when you're going to be naturally wakeful. Um, are there yeah, so you're not always going to be able to fall asleep. Like, did you actually take your temperature? Did you use any other devices to tell you that, you know, besides just feeling, are there any devices out there you can use that will tell you, oop, now's an ideal time to sleep, or now I take a nap, or now's an ideal time to do this, or your cortisol is high, or et cetera? No, I don't, but I think there are some apps out there that can monitor this type of, this type of stuff. Um, but I, you know, I mean, I have enough things I have to do and to track in my life. <laughs> Um, I know like a lot of people will use like um, apps to like track how many steps they make, you know, when they, when they go walking or something, like they want 10,000 steps a day. Um, I'd rather just go walk, you know, <laughs> just enjoy walking uh, rather than count how many steps I made. So um, if, if you're that type of person, personality where you like to track these things, um, I think that stuff does exist, but I, I don't know what it is. Okay. Um, so what's your recommendation on how to start on the path of, of sleep hacking and you know, what does it look like when you do it at an advanced level versus a basic level? You know, what do you have like a kind of a step-by-step -step way to do it for people or, you know, what's your overall recommendation? Yeah, sure. So if you're interested more in this topic, um, I think you found me through the book. Is that right? My book, Hack Sleep? Yep, exactly. Yeah, okay. So I've got that book and it's not a huge book, but it's, it's very thorough. Uh, it has lots of anecdotes and a lot of tips. I think it's about 83 pages. And uh, that's available on Amazon for $2.99, so it's less than that coffee that's killing your sleep each day. Uh, 
And so if you're really interested in this topic, I'd, I'd recommend, you know, getting some grounding in, in this first and, you know, understand all the things that we discussed regarding uh, circadian rhythm, body clock, uh, melatonin, adenosine, body temperature, all of these things. Uh, so you have a firm understanding of the basics. And um, in, in general, you know, just be careful about, uh, you know, relying on quick fixes because everybody's different and your, uh, your problem might be due to something you don't fully know. So having a roadmap is really, really helpful, I think. And, you know, for example, like people will try taking uh, pills, you know, to make them fall asleep. Uh, you know, melatonin supplements are, the active ingredient is usually like cow urine, I think. And there's no proof that it delivers to the right part of the brain anyway. So you could just be, you know, wasting money on expensive stuff. Whereas if you eat certain foods, uh, it can help boost your brain's natural melatonin. Um, so in the book, I have a lot of other tips like, um, like I just said, you know, boosting melatonin production, um, you know, exercises to improve your focus and tame the monkey mind. Sorry, I'm at a cafe here. <laughs> Sorry for the background. Um, you know, ways to, to achieve peak energy levels um, and also like some self-hypnosis techniques that I practice, um, you know, things to do to reduce cortisol, like massage and things, self-massage techniques. Um, so we try to cover it from every angle. And when you put these different kind of tips together, I'm very confident that you'll see results. Sorry, say again? Uh, okay, so I, there's a number of things that I suggest, you know, that I try myself and that I recommend people try. And when you, you implement some of these things, I'm very confident that you can see results. Okay. Um, any um, really unusual or surprising things you learned as you went through the process of improving and hacking your sleep? Anything that I learned as a process? No, not anything you um, learned, but anything that, that was surprising to you, that was unusual, that you didn't expect um, would happen, that did happen because of the process you went through? Uh, well, I think it helped me to enable my best life, you know, and to enjoy the productivity that I have, um, you know, being able to reclaim my life and stop sabotaging my life. Uh, I also learned that, you know, as a result of writing books, uh, if you want to learn something really well, the best thing you can do is to teach it. <laughs> you know, so so it's, you can write a book, read a book about something, or you can write a book about it. But you know, obviously, don't write a book. But if if you want to master something, um, you know, find someone that you can help teach this to. You know, find a friend who's also struggling, um, and then help them. You know, like you can consult with them. You know, or offer them help for free. Uh, and that's the best way to to grasp any material. It's called the learning pyramid. So um, in my case, you know. Uh, I don't have a degree in, you know, neurology or anything like that. I just, I just wanted to fix this problem for myself and I wanted to help others with it. So by teaching, um, you can grasp material the best and you can internalize it the best. Okay, very good. So um, some references for listeners. One is your book, Hack Sleep, it's available on Amazon and I'm sure in a lot of other places. Um, any other references or links that you can provide or helpful hints, uh, you know, for people that are having problems sleeping or just want to improve their sleep? Um, yeah, sure. So I think it would be most helpful if I provide you those links and then you can put them on the show notes page and then people can visit uh, so they can get, I've got free advice on my blog. Um, I also have an article on uh, sleep hacks on Medium. So if you go to medium.com forward slash at Dan Dan Flood, uh, D as in dog, Dan Dan Flood, F, F as in fox, uh, I've got a, a comprehensive article on sleep hacks, and um, yeah, I think the book really goes in depth and detail, and 
on my blog, openworldmag.com. Uh, I can put specific links to articles where uh, I share my experiences, and you can learn a lot that way for free. Well, very good. Well, Danny, I appreciate you taking the time, even though you're a world away. And uh, thank you so much for writing the book and you know, talking about your experiences. So thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks, Richard. I hope it was helpful for you and hopeful to some other people out there. Yeah, definitely. You've been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post to review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.